I've never been in such a completely mindless state. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Stan Lunn, and with me once again is Jordan Ferber. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Everything's uh, all righty up in the the world of the North. Everything is going great here in the Great White North. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so, the day that we're recording this, I just went to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yesterday. Was it was it good? Yeah, it was the best of the Guardians movies. Like, if I were to rank them, I'd say three's the best, then number one, then number two. You know, it's a very emotional movie, though, so definitely be prepared to ride a roller coaster of emotions. Well, that's, that's good to know. Also, the villain is very, very hateable. <laughs> you know, they did that right. But I really liked it. I do encourage anyone to go see it. You know, Marvel movies usually are always a success, though, for me. Uh, you a big Marvel fan, Jordan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've liked most of I've liked the, a majority of the Marvel movies. What do you think is your... Uh, favorite couple movies uh probably captain america the winter soldier uh cap uh captain america civil war the avengers movies and that it there are a few other ones but none that come to mind just at the moment well, oh, in terms of me, I I love the Avengers movies, especially Endgame and uh, Infinity War. Love the Doctor Strange movies. Love the Guardians of the Galaxies. The Ant-Man movies are pretty fun. You know, I think the next one that'll come out in uh, November will be the Marvels. I'll definitely go to see that. Well, of course, I can't forget the the first Iron Man and the and the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, that you can't forget them either. Uh, I'm really excited for that new animated Spider-Verse that comes out in uh, July, I think. That should be a fun movie. It looks like it'll be very interesting. Uh, One thing I wanted to talk about uh, today is I recently... Uh, mostly completed my Playmates Darkwing Duck uh, line of things. Like, I managed to buy a lot with almost every single Playmates figure with all their weapons and accessories. And it got me thinking about, uh, you know, what the Holy Grails are for me right now for Darkwing. And I'd also like to know, what are what are your Darkwing Duck Holy Grails, Jordan? Uh, probably my, my biggest Holy Grail will be the my inbox copy of uh, the Darkwing Duck NES game. Yeah. Though as well as I, also the uh, the the foot tall Playmates figure. So if you have them, does that count as a Holy Grail? Hmm. I mean, maybe. I guess I was thinking more about what are you after that you don't have yet. Um. Maybe some of the comics. 
Yeah. Well, there are yeah. quite a few uh, good ones out there, along with a few stinkers. I'd say the most expensive one you'll have to track down will be Disney Afternoon 10. And boy, oh boy, that that comic in there is not worth what they charge for it. Well, hopefully it ends up getting included in one of the collections that's coming out in the, in the not-too-distant future. It could. I kind of wish it wouldn't, just because I'd like to see other things I want to read more than that. But again, I also own that stinker of a comic, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would say for me right now, the biggest Holy Grails, obviously the snow globe. That's my number one Holy Grail that I just have to have at some point. I also would really love to get the, uh, Darkwing Duck fruit snacks box at some point, because I remember having those as a kid. And I guess the other Holy Grail for me would be the Darkwing Duck, uh, grape jelly bottle. Oh yeah. I think those are uh those are my holy grails at the moment that I'm desperately searching for. Well there's one other, but it's a secret between me and Will. Because uh, he has them and I don't yet. But once I find them, then we'll reveal that one to the world. Uh got a couple bits of uh news to go over real quick. Uh one of them, we kind of mentioned this before in our interview with Aaron Sparrow, but I realized after we hadn't actually officially announced it, the uh, Diamond Select figures, they revealed that the uh, mock-ups of them, now they don't have their joints in them, they will be fully articulated when they come out, but they revealed Darkwing and a variant version for Negaduck, and the sculpts look amazing. They're mostly based on the uh, on the James Silvani art. Uh, Negaduck does come with his chainsaw and with a uh, shotgun or a bazooka and a bomb, multiple hands. Darkwing comes with his gas gun and a uh, gas uh, explosion to come out of it. They look really good, though. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to those figures. Yeah. Uh, still no word on when they're going to come out, though, how much they'll be, or if they're going to do other figures in the series after, but I hope they will. Uh, another thing that happened recently that kind of flew under the radar, uh, the Disney Channel did one of their Chibiverse uh, shorts that had pretty much everyone from the Disney uh, television animation in it, including Darkwing Duck. There were also characters from DuckTales, Tailspin, Gargoyles, Bonkers, you know, uh, Phineas and Ferb, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, The Owl House, Amphibia, Ghost and Molly McGee. So it's a pretty fun little short. I've seen it. You know, definitely should check it out if you get a chance. You know, it's only like five minutes in length, I think. It is nice to know that after all these years, the Disney afternoon is still being represented in official Disney products and other areas. Yeah. But we we have a storybook to review today, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, 
we are reviewing today the Disney book and cassette tape set of Darkwing Duck called High Wave Robbery. Now, this was uh, put out presumably in uh, 91. I didn't see a copyright date in here, but I'm assuming 91. Uh, now, the, uh, the story was written by Jim Magon. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, he's uh, pretty, uh, pretty influential in the uh, Disney uh, afternoon verse, isn't he? Yeah, he's one of the main architects of the Disney afternoon. Uh, fill us in on some of the things he's uh, known for. Well, for creating Tailspin. Being one of the main producers on Chippendale Rescue Rangers, as well as also being one of the main people who worked on uh, Gummy Bears. Uh, he was the writer of uh, 20 episodes of DuckTales, four episodes of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, uh, one episode of Darkwing Duck, Darkly Dawn's the Duck Part 1. Uh, he wrote the Goofy movie. He's got supervising producer credits for tailspin he won an emmy for super duck tales and for tailspin plunder and lightning he was the story editor on duck tales chippendale rescue rangers tailspin goof troop and weirdly enough titanic the legend goes on which is a very strange titanic animated movie that features a rapping dog yes this is real folks yes it's as bonkers as it sounds if you like bad movies, that's one movie you have to track down and watch. Yeah, but I, I'm i not going to hold that against Jim. He he seems to have uh, made quite a few other really awesome things. Yeah. Uh, in terms of... Uh, it was produced by Randy Fortin, who I don't think we looked up. Uh, you, the art direction was by Skip Morgan. Uh, you have a bit more information about him, don't you, Jordan? Yeah, he was a he was a Disney Afternoon character designer. So he was very familiar with the uh, characters, and the art in the book was done by Gepi Vaccaro and Associates. Now we couldn't really find any information about that person. You know, but the art is more or less on point. You know, a couple oddities here and there, but it it mostly looks good. It's like what what, you, what you'd expect from like a storybook. Now that being said, this book came with a cassette tape, which has the entire story read by a narrator and actually features voice actors voicing the characters. So we got our, uh, you know. Well, I guess we'll get to them in time, but we'll mention the narrator first. The narrator for this was William Woodson, who sadly passed on in 2017. Though he lived to the ripe old age of 99 years old, so I'd say he did pretty good. Uh, he was best known as a narrator for a lot of old shows, a lot of live action. There were some animated ones, so I'd say his biggest roles were being the narrator for all the Super Friends cartoons. He also voiced uh, J. Jonah Jameson in uh, 
the uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends and the other uh, Spider-Man cartoon from like the 60s. And oh. something you'll like, Jordan, he was also the narrator for SWAT Cats. Oh, nice. So let's get on into doing the, the story review. So we start in the in the Mallard household where Gosselin is annoying the heck out of Drake. What's she annoying him with? She's trying to play her clarinet, but she's not playing it very well. Nope. And Drake is, you know, covering his ears, you know, because the racket's making it where he can't hear the police radio. And this is where I will mention Jim Cummings voices Darkwing on the cassette tape version. And Christine Cavanaugh has come is doing uh, Goslin on it. So if you're craving more uh, bits of Jim as Darkwing or Christine as Goslin or uh, Terry McGovern as Launchpad, they're all in this. So there is a crime over the radio. What is it? It seems that there was a, a massive art theft at the Rockefeller Mansion. Yep. So Drake uh, turns to leave and Goslin, you know, wants to be taken on the, you know, adventure. She's like, you never take me along on your big cases. And Drake says, and for good reason. I, Darkwing Duck, am trained for this hazardous superhero stuff. You're not. So this is kind of weird. They say he went through a secret door. It's like, why didn't he use the spinning chairs? This must have been written pretty early on before a lot of the fine details had been hammered out, I would imagine. Probably. So then we cut to the middle of the the city. You know, Drake and, or, well, I should say Darkwing and Launchpad are on the rat catcher, you know, zooming in between trucks. And LP, you know, remarks that Goslin looked pretty sad back there. To which, you know, Darkwing replies, my lifestyle's too dangerous for little girls. I love Launchpad's line here, and too dangerous for the big boys, too. Yeah, that, so is, that's a, that is a very Launchpad thing to reply. Oh, yeah. So where do we end up? So now we're at the Rocket Feather Mansion. And when yep. uh, Darkwing and Launchpad show up, they find... Uh, Three people sitting in a corner, completely dazed, while all the art has been stolen. Yep. And all of the uh, windows are shattered and the uh, and the lady's glasses. And the lady is Joan D. Rockefeller. That name sounds a bit familiar, and that would be because most of us... Uh, Duck fans are familiar with John D. Rockefeller from DuckTales. But both names are an homage to John D. Uh, Rockefeller. Almost said Rockefeller again. It's like, no, no. <laughs> so, you know, that's a famous person from history. I think he was like a tycoon, businessman, billionaire. Yeah, he was a very, he was a very famous... Uh, businessman. But yeah, so they're sprawled on the floor, you know, with vacant expressions and their hair's all standing on end. And Launchpad's like, boy, that's how I feel when I stay up all night playing video games. 
But Darkwing notices that every piece of glass in the room's been shattered, but there's no sign of an explosion or even a struggle. So this is uh, kind of gross. He holds a sack under Miss Rockerfeather's nose, and she comes to. She asks if it's some sort of special chemical formula. What is this disgusting thing, Jordan? It's egg salad and blue cheese, because it's, it's Darkwing's Darkwing's lunch. lunch. Yeah. Do you want to say Come who on, uh, Miss Rockefeller is voiced by? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Miss Rockefeller is voiced by Linda Gray. Now, this is not the only person Linda Gray voices in this, but I think we'll get into what she's uh, famous for first. So, she uh, she's most famously known for voicing Tila. Queen Marlena, Sorceress, and Evil Lynn in the He-Man properties. Uh, she also is fairly famous for voicing uh, Aunt May in the 94 animated Spider-Man series, but she's also got some Disney Afternoon credits to her name. She was Arco-Ducky or Arac-O-Ducky in uh, DuckTales, as long as the voice of the Queen of England in DuckTales. She voiced Muffy Vanderstone in Tailspin, and she voiced two characters in Darkwing Duck. In the episode Toys Saw Us, she voiced Principal Farnsworth and a character called Henry's Mom. She also is credited as a voice on Quivering Quack, but it doesn't tell us what character. Sadly, uh, Linda Gray passed on in 1995, heart failure and brain cancer complications. So unfortunately, she is no longer with us. But, you know, she left behind a lot of uh, talented uh, roles that she was in. So back to the, uh, the story. She realizes that she was, you know, that she apparently had been looking at her Musalangelo. I guess uh, they don't have Michelangelo in that world. Though, all I can picture with the name Musalangelo is a moose with an orange bandana wielding a pair of nunchucks. How about you? <laughs> but she realizes she's been robbed. But there is a note left behind, isn't there? Yeah, it says, since you had no chance of stopping us, here's our next crime. Look for us tonight at the Watson Theater premiere. And Darkwing crumples the paper and says, no chance of stopping them indeed. Come on, Launchpad, let's get dangerous. So we end up at the theater. You know, Darkwing is watching all the people show up. Apparently, they're going to something called Gone with the Mind, which is a reference to Gone with the Wind. And Launchpad remarks, too bad you wouldn't let Goslin come, DW. She loves movie stars. So they enter the theater, and they're hiding in a box, you know, like one of them theater boxes. And they see a couple of strange uh, uh, ushers come in. And then Launchpad gets excited because he thinks it's a snack bar. Yep. 
though Darkwing tells him to keep his tongue in his mouth and his eyes peeled because they're on business. But those ushers, they're not ushers, are they? Nope. There are Billin and her two henchmen. Yep. So the villain's called Frequencia. Now, as stated before, she is also voiced by Linda Gray. Or Linda Gary, I mean. Why did I say Gray? But yeah, she announces, Attention moviegoers, I am Frequencia, and this is a stick-up. And her and her uh, henchman don earmuffs. You know, in Do you want to uh, describe her costume? So she's wearing a green jumpsuit with a yellow lightning bolt on it with a green cape and a red pair of boots with yellow highlights. And she also has, like, purple hair. And her henchmen have that same lightning bolt design. One of them's wearing a blue shirt with a red lightning bolt design. The other one's wearing a yellow shirt with a red lightning bolt design. Her costume is very reminiscent of Megavolt, just with all, all the extra stuff removed. Yeah. And with, with the added cape. Also, one of those henchmen kind of looks like an evil herb muddlefoot. Yeah. Uh, so, Darkwing, though, he leaps into action. Desist, evildoers. I am the terror that flaps in the night. The winged scourge that pecks at your nightmares. They that, overuse that way too often. Yeah, that, that that showed up in quite a few things. Yeah. Like from the NES game, it's in that, and it's also in a bunch of other uh, Darkwing merchandise and stuff as well. Yeah. So Darkwing jumps down from the balcony, but as he's uh, going on the attack, Frequencia pushes a button on the fake food table, which fills the theater with a mind-scrambling screech. Everyone's hair goes on end and their faces go blank, which includes Darkwing, who slips from the rope and falls through the uh, movie screen. So what does Frequencia do next? And with Darkwing incapacitated, now she's free to... Her and her henchmen are free to rob everyone of their valuables. Yep. And, you know, she even gloats about they can't even catch me when i warn them the fools so hours later everybody starts to wake up and launchpad finds darkwing and snaps him out of it and darkwing clutches his aching head and goes yeah i've never been in such a completely mindless state to which launchpad replies you get used to it but we got another note don't we Yep. So what's this note say? The crooks are going to attack the the city gold reserve tonight. But Darkwing doesn't know how to stop them. We should mention we're back at Drake's house. Goslin offers to help, but Darkwing says... Unless you can help me remember what they look like or what their weapon is, I don't see what you could do. But Goslin, you know, doesn't let that get her too down. At least, you know, she can still play music for Drake tonight. But Darkwing, you know, says that can't really uh, be happening, but he, he says it in a weird way. He calls Goslin 
Gazi, which I don't recall him ever referring to her as Gazi. It's always Goslin or Gaz. Yeah, this must have been one of those things where it was written very early on before they had before they had uh, settled on it. But yeah, so he says that he can't go because he's got to devote every waking moment to the case. You and know, we Goslin's... do get a very nice we do get a very nice moment here between uh, Dark Athena, Drake, and Goslin. Yep. You know, she starts uh, to cry, and she's like, "But you promised, aren't you? Aren't I even worth an hour of your valuable time?" And Drake reaches out and, you know, strokes her head and says, "You're right. I'll be there." And all I can hear in my head when that happens is like the sad music from Life, the Negaverse, and everything playing. Yeah. Uh, so we skip ahead to the the recital and Drake and and LP are at at the school, but Drake, you know, is wanting to get out of there because, you know, he wants to get to the gold reserve, you know. Course, Launchpad's like, relax, DW. School concerts are fun. Why, I even played a string instrument as a kid. And Drake's like, You did? Yeah, a yo yo. Typical Launchpad. Yeah, that's a very Launchpad response. But so the um, concert starts, you know, the kids make their way through the musical arrangement. Finally, we get to Goslin's solo which she puts the clarinet to her mouth and a very loud off-key squawk fills the air. But LP, uh, he inspires uh, Drake a little bit here, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like, golly, W, this tune is so good, it makes my hair stand on end, which then gives Dark an idea. Yep, it all clicks to him how uh, Frequency has been doing what she's been doing. So... Once Goslin takes her bow, Drake uh, rushes forward and yanks her off the stage, says he's solved the case, but he's going to need her and her clarinet to catch the crooks. And we get Goslin saying, me? On a case? Hot dog! Again, don't really recall Goslin using that, but it's not too out of the realm of what she might say. So we're at the gold reserve now. And their Darkwing and LP are wearing earmuffs. And Goslin's like, how are earmuffs and a clarinet going to stop the crooks? And Darkwing's like, what did you say? Launchpad's like, what? What? You know, the classic, I can't hear you because I've got things covered. At least I don't have a fish in their ear. <laughs> but Frequency and the... Uh, her minions show up again and they now have a new accessory to their uh, costumes, don't they? Uh, the, the masks? Yeah, because they weren't okay. wearing the masks before. Frequencia's mask is red and the two henchmen's are green. But yep, they show up with their sound machine and she announces again that it's a stick-up. But Darkwing beats her to the punch. He holds a microphone up to Goslin and shouts, play your solo. And before Frequency and her henchmen can put it on their own earmuffs, Goslin plays an ear-piercing squonk, which is amplified through the loudspeakers. And 
Frequencia's machine explodes, her hair stands on end, and she and her goons collapse. So, what happens next? Oh, now that they're back home, Darkwing drops down it happily to his chair. Case closed. I couldn't have done it without you, Goslin. When Launchpad's hair still on end during the, your solo, I knew Frequencia must be using some kind of amplified sound to knock everyone out. What? You can take those earmuffs off now, Launchpad. Yeah, Launchpad's still got the earmuffs on. So, Goslin, of course, doesn't take this news very happily. What you're really saying is I play the clarinet terribly. And she tosses the instrument aside. We, got, we get another sweet moment between Darkwing and Goslin where Darkwing hugs her warmly and says, maybe it's just not your instrument, kiddo. And Goslin says, you're right. From now on, I'm going to play the tuba. And how do we end this? She blows into the large horn. As she blew a loud blort, Darkwing's hair stood on end and he passed out. Yep. Now, this is where the book ends. The cassette tape, though, has something pretty special on it after that, doesn't it, Jordan? You get one last little surprise, and that's the Darkwing Duck theme song. The whole song without the, the sound effects in it. Which I think this is the only place I've ever heard that. Have you yeah, ever heard the, the Darkwing song played anywhere else without the sound effects from the intro? Nope. Uh, the book also has one other uh, interesting thing about it, though unfortunately my copy of it didn't have them in it, but there are four trading cards in the book. A card for Goslin, one for Darkwing, one for Steelbeak, who wasn't even in this issue, and one for Honker, who wasn't in this issue. Now, each yeah. one lists a bunch of uh, things about the characters and has, like, a fake autograph of them. There are some weird things in there. Like, Goslin says her favorite color is AstroTurf Green. Her favorite song, supposedly, is Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and her favorite food is Ballpark Hot Dogs. For some reason, they say Darkwing's favorite color is Midnight Black. It's like, obviously, his favorite color would be purple or pink. And, and, his, and his favorite food is spaghetti and mystery meat. Yeah. Steelbeak, they list uh, nuts and bolts as his favorite food. And Honker, they say he's too busy thinking to eat food. But overall, it's a pretty fun little story, isn't it? Yeah, that was a very, a very fun, entertaining read. Yep, and if you don't have the book to read it, you can actually find the cassette tape on YouTube to listen to. I would say that the 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 cassette listening to it is pretty much like is like a must. Yeah, like the only bit of a gripe I have with the cassette tape is that they didn't use some of the music from the Darkwing Duck show during the story. Because I think they could have had some pretty good uh, usage of some of the themes. But like hearing the, hearing the original voices definitely elevates the, elevates the book. Yeah. 
obviously Jim, Christine, and Terry, you know, all sound, you know, perfect. You know, nothing sounds too out of character for them. You know, and there's none of that whole uh, being mean the launch pad thing that you find a lot in the early Darkwing stories. Yeah. I think... uh, I think Linda Gary did a wonderful job as Frequencia. Uh, the narrator is on point, you know, and I can see why he did so much narration for things. He's got such a soothing voice. Like he, you could almost listen to him read anything, and I think he'd be entertaining. Yeah, he definitely has that like, that narrator sounding voice. So it makes perfect sense that he did a lot of narration during his time. You know, the plot's a little bare bones, but it's not too bad. You know, I like the the fact that Goslin, you know, ends up being the key to stopping Frequencia. Overall, I'd give this a solid uh, three and a half out of five. How about you, Jordan? I'd say if you're just reading the book just by itself, I'd give it a three and a half. But if you have the cassette to listen to, I'd give it a four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we also actually have a new villain to rate this time, so I'll let you start. Uh, what would you rate Frequencia and why? Uh, I'd give a Frequencia a, a three and a half. A three and a half. I'd say that her co- while her costume is a little bit kind of generic, she does have an interesting thing going on with the using sound frequency. Even though I would say probably if she was like in the actual show, she probably would have been a one-off villain and probably wouldn't have come back since yeah, her whole thing is tied to her gimmick, which is using sound. And there's only so many things you can do with using sound to commit crimes. But for yeah. a one-off, I'd say it's a solid three and a half. All right. I'm actually going to give her a bit lower of a score than you are. Uh as you said, the costume leaves a little bit to be desired. Like, I think they could have done a little more with that. I also feel that they could have had her do a little bit more. It's like she shows up, says, stick them up, uses her machine, robs people. Though the whole leaving the note stick was pretty cool. And the fact that she's telling them the, the crime she's going to commit because she believes she can't be stopped. So I'm going to go a three with her i think it is yeah. a little bit held back because of the format of being a storybook if this was, was yeah. a, like, if this was a comic then it probably they would have had time to flesh out more but for like a, or, a limited or page storybook yeah but for, like, for a, a limited page storybook i think it does a pretty good job yeah i do as well <laughs> but that is our uh, review of high wave robbery uh in terms of uh, things, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, so, anyway, we are the St. Kennard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all major podcast apps and uh, YouTube. Uh, do you have any shout-outs to give uh, today, Jordan, or do you want to plug anything? Yeah, I'll, I'll give a shout-out. I'll give a shout-out to uh, Lyle Conway Reviews, since he, he is a uh, fairly big Darkwing Duck fan. All and right. for for plugs, I'll I'll plug my YouTube channel, which is uh, 
Tune Logic Studios, where I do AMVs and shorts, and I also do reviews sometimes. Yeah, you you did a uh, Darkwing Duck AMV earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, using music from my dad's a rock star. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's pretty good. And as you said, shout out to Lyo. I actually uh, messaged him about well commented something to him recently. So I was going down the rabbit hole of all the old St. Canard Files episodes. I actually came across a post where he had offered folks some uh, Molly action figure accessories, I think a Don Carnage sword. Mm. So I asked him if if the offer is still available. He said if he finds them, they're mine, or at least the Molly ones. I didn't actually ask for the Don Carnage one because I don't have the Don Carnage figure. Anyway, in terms of uh, my shout outs, I actually want to give a shout out to Michelle Pfaff because she actually uh, helped me out with giving me scans of the back of the trading cards because I couldn't find any, you know, online. And I, I knew from, from memory that there was, you know, text on the back. So to be thorough, I had to see what they looked like. So thank you, Michelle, for your help. And I guess I'll plug my uh, two YouTube channels again, DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming. Recently, I've put together some uh, some pretty cool videos on those, so definitely check them out if you get a chance. But I think that's going to do it for today. What do you think, Jordan? Yep. Yep, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that'll do it for today. Well, until next time, uh, stay dangerous, and uh, please uh, keep your egg salad and blue cheese uh, lunch as far away from me as possible. Good night, everybody. Good night.